Good morning, church. Good morning. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> now, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you are here with me today. It's really true that sometimes we may take for granted those that are around us, and whether our family, our friends that has been uh, sitting always with us, beside us, and, and it's really good that as a family, as a body, as a community, we can come to worship God together. This morning, uh, we want to continue our series on First Thessalonians, and I just want to... Let me just do the slide. Okay. And allow me first to read the text for today, and then I'll continue. First Thessalonians chapter uh, 5. Verse 1, now concerning the times and season, brothers and sisters, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then suddenly destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers and sisters, for that day to surprise you like a thief. Now, in the last message, in the last message of the sermon series, we covered our blessed hope from the text, First uh, Thessalonians chapter four, verse thirteen to eighteen. We touch on the reality of our hope and the reason of our hope. Jesus will definitely come back again and. Those who are dead in Christ will rise when He comes back, and they will be caught up in the air to meet the Lord. Then the next event is that those that are alive in Christ, those that have not died yet, they will be caught up together with the first group to meet the Lord in mid-air, in the clouds. And this picture... uh, this picture that will happen uh, as painted in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18, actually gives us that hope, the joy, the courage, the strength to persevere to the very end, especially for the believers over there. So Paul ended the section with the words, therefore comfort one another with this word. Therefore, comfort one another with this word. Today, as we come to the next passage as what we have read earlier, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 to 4. In fact, uh, verse 1 to 11. But for this Sunday, I'll just cover verse 1 to 4. And when we come to chapter 5, there is this tone of cautiousness that Paul brings to the Thessalonians. He warns them to be prepared. Because the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. And if they, are, if, if they are sleeping, then they will regret it. So Paul said that they are not to be caught sleeping, but instead they are to be alert and sober. I want to ask all of us this question, or in fact, a reflection for all of us, that whether any one of us have missed important events or meeting before, and, uh, and are delayed, distracted from that important occasion that you need to attend because maybe you overslept, maybe you are distracted by other things that you need to do. And then by the time you realize it, you say, oh no, I have missed it. It is too late. 
I'm sure most of us, if not all of us, would have such uh, occasion before or uh, experienced such incident before in a certain extent. In fact, yesterday I was at a wedding lunch and I have to confess I almost uh, missed the group picture. You know, why is it so? Because I was distracted uh, talking to old friends, fellowshipping with them. I was distracted by food. And then by the time I realized, it, oh, we, we need to go. But uh, thank God uh, when we were, when, when the group picture was about to be taken, you know, we sort of appeared and, and the organizers said, oh, there's still this group, uh, get them in and let's take the group picture. Distracted, maybe delayed by certain things. So this morning, what I want to do is this. I want to remind all of us that there's this important event that we must not miss. And this event was shown in the last uh, sermon series in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18, a picture of our meeting with the Lord in mid-air, a picture whereby a time that all of His, of Christ, will be gathered together in mid-air at that moment, and a picture whereby I imagine this, my holy imagination, whereby when we were all caught up in mid-air, that we will all take group Wi-Fi, you know, together with the Lord and say, hey, let's take a picture. It is a picture of a group picture, a, a group capture. And I will liken this event that uh, a group picture that we ought not to miss. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't miss that picture. And I know, you know, uh, in line with church camp, sometimes I know that uh, during church camp photo taking session, right, or even certain events that we go, go through, we say, yeah, never mind, la, don't, don't take the picture. La. We just shine away. We deem it as secondary, uh, not really the priority. But today, I want to remind all of us, based on what was being uh, painted to us in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18, that this group, capture, we may be captured in the air, or this group captured, capture the, the picture, we ought not to miss, we cannot miss, we must make sure that we are in the camp picture, you know, uh, 2023, okay, too bad some of us cannot uh, go, maybe we photoshop you inside, okay, so with this, I entitled my message, get ready for the group capture, Part one, part two, I'll do it next week. To remind all of us to be ready for this group short taken in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18. And if we can recall this, if First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18 is a picture of hope, of courage, of encouragement, of motivation uh, for the believers, then what we are dealing with in this week and next week will be a picture will be a sermon or a message to warn us to encourage us to help us get ready and make sure that we are in this final group picture as what is being mentioned in first thessalonians chapter 4 so today my outline is this i want to talk about the awareness of certainty and what do you mean by this 
It means is that the knowledge, if we have that knowledge and believe that something is certainly going to happen, what will happen? We will definitely position ourselves uh, having the right attitude, having a right mindset, being certain that we will want to be there. The certainty, uh, awareness of certainty. Then of which I want to also cover some of the attitude that we should adopt you know, knowing that this great event will take place, knowing that we ought not to miss that group picture. So let me just go on to this awareness of certainty, my first point. How certain and how convinced are we that this event will happen? Are we aware that this event is not fake news and it's going to affect us for eternity? It is for eternity. It's going to affect us. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 to 2 say this, Now concerning the times and season, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourself are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. In order, my friends, to be in the group capture or in the group picture, first we need to have the awareness of certainty. In other words, we must be certain, we must be aware, fully aware, we must believe that it will take place. We must be convinced that it will take place. We must be careful of fake news or distracting news or rumours or hearsay and do not allow all this to sway us or affect us because what we believe or what we are convinced of, we will definitely adopt certain attitude and mindset and posture in our life. So when Paul uses this phrase, times and seasons, uh, it's actually a familiar expression of end times event. It's timing of eschatology, uh, ex eschatological events, just like what is uh, in written in first, written in Acts chapter one, where my disciple was asking the Lord, uh, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom uh, to Israel? And Jesus said to them. It is not for you to know times or season, the same phrase, times or season, is referring to eschatological events, timing. So my thought is this, that as we go into this certainty, uh, awareness of certainty, I was thinking, what was the context when Paul wrote this word to them? Or what was the context that the... Uh, Thessalonians was asking Paul that he reply in this way, telling them that actually the times and season uh, you fully know uh, it's not for me to write. And I was thinking about it. I was doing some research. And there must be certain occasion, uh, certain occasion or incident that's happening to them that prompt them to ask Paul, that affect them to ask Paul, that, hey, tell us about the end times event. Tell us about the end times issue. And Paul wrote to them uh, from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, our previous uh, message, to Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. That's the chunk that he's dealing with that concern or question. And Paul was saying this, uh, if you refer to your Bible, verse 13 of chapter 4, he said, I do not want you to be 
uninformed information you need to know. And then uh, chapter 5, verse 2, you yourself are fully aware. You know, what Paul was doing is this, he's simply anchoring the people back to God's word. You already know, you don't be uh, uninformed. You know this, look at the word of God. I was thinking about this, perhaps, perhaps the disciple, just like the disciple asking the Lord Jesus, when are you going to come back? When are you going to restore things? When will these things happen? Maybe the Thessalonians, what they do, what, what they were asking is this, they were asking Paul for specific. Or perhaps certain events, certain issues, certain uh, incidents happened that cast doubts in them, that cast uncertainty in them, that confuse them over this whole issue. It could be noise. It could be noise distraction from the evil one trying to cast doubt, confusion uh, upon them. Maybe it is they themselves that did not take time to anchor themselves in the teaching of Paul regarding end times when Paul was with them uh, uh, in Thessalonica. And in fact, uh, for you to note, this subject was taught by Paul in the very short span of time when he was in uh, Thessalonica. So I think it's, it's important. So what's my point here, brothers and sisters? My point here is this, leading us to this, that the evil one which seeks to affect us and distract us is working and he wants to sort of disrupt us from the certainty of the truth that we are holding. He wants to distract us, confuse us over the truth that we are holding. And think about it, as early as Genesis, what happens? Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. Eve was deceived. Eve was affected by the serpent. The question that was asked, did God really say, uh, did God really say that you must not eat from any tree that is in this garden? Did God really say, uh, I surely you will not die. You know, that's truth. But she was confused. She was deceived. That's the scheme of the evil one. And even for the Son of God, think about it, Jesus in Matthew 4. We can recall that the devil tried to uh, test Jesus, sought to test and tempt Jesus, even using Scripture. The Thessalonian, uh, that Thessalonian was not spared here. Probably they are confused, distracted, swayed by events, swayed by noise. And then it prompted them to ask, God, hey, uh, ask Paul, tell us about it. And friends, brothers and sisters, we are not exempted also. Because we can be affected. We can be distracted over events over incidents, over challenges. And the solution is this, is really that we anchor ourselves once again in the truth of God's Word. The solution is this, that we anchor ourselves in the truth of God's Word. Hold on to it 
and also keep that daily constant connection with God. Hold on to the Word of God and keep that constant connection with God. Friends, we are forgetful uh, people. We can be swayed here and there by news, by events, by what your friends say, by what people say, by what your colleagues say. We can believe one thing on one day, maybe Monday. Then suddenly on Tuesday, because of some noise, some people saying this, some news we, we read, we can sweat on Tuesday and say, I don't believe anymore, I believe the other thing. We are forgetful people and we are easily swayed. And the solution, and I want to remind all of us as I prepare this sermon, is this, hold on to the truth of God's word. Make it a certainty in our life and keep that daily relationship with God. Constantly remind yourself, this is what the Word of God say. This is what God say. And do not be affected by what the Word say or other news. But I have to say this also uh, as I, I'm preparing for this point, this sermon. I do have some concern for all of us. And I want to speak my concern that even before we face this uh, confusion or distraction by the evil one or, or by the world, my concern is this first, coming to this group picture, coming to this group picture of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18. First, whether we are fully aware or convinced that this event will take place. Whether we are truly convinced in our heart, not just our head, our heart that the day of the Lord will definitely take place. Second, whether we understand the implication of what this day of the Lord means to us and how greatly this will affect us, even before the distraction, even before we hold on to the truth and with the evil one or the world trying to distract us, do we even in the first place have this certainty of the truth that the day of the Lord will definitely come back and that the day of the Lord will definitely affect us greatly for eternity? And Paul reminded them this, that you yourself, they themselves are aware of the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Paul wrote to them, you yourself already know, you're fully aware what is going to happen, that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. In that short span of time they have with Paul, they were taught on this subject or this topic of Christ's return the day of the Lord, because it's an important, essential topic that Paul wanted to uh, teach them or inform them so that they have the motivation to uh, live their life in, in this journey that they have, or especially during persecution, that they can have the hope to press on and sustain themselves before Jesus written. I was thinking about this scripture also. Hebrews comes to my mind. Um, and it reads this, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about 
the Christ, let us press on to maturity, let us go on to perfection, some versions say. Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of instruction about baptism, washing, and of laying of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. What's happening here? The writer of Hebrews actually said this is our elementary foundational teaching resurrection of dead and also eternal judgment is foundational teaching, important teaching, that of which we build our life. So what's happening here? Paul, maybe is the author of Hebrew, I don't know, but is in sync with the Hebrew writer to say this is important. Anchor yourself in this first. Why? Because it gives motivation. So I want to uh, just uh, show you this slide uh, very quickly. You may want to take, take a shot on this. What the day of the Lord is. You know, in the Old Testament, the day of the Lord is a day of judgment for the opponents of God. It's a day of, but it is also a, de a day of deliverance, good news for those that are with God. So what's happening when the day of the Lord occurs? Uh, Old Testament described that it's a day of judgment, okay, for those that are not with God, but it is a day of deliverance and good news and reward for those that are with God. And exactly it's the same in the New Testament. It's also a day of judgment, a day of reward. Those that are with God, they will be rewarded. Those that are not with God, they will be judged. And here, uh, Jesus is the one that is appointed to judge the world. So the day of the Lord is also sometimes referred to the day of the Lord Jesus. The summary is this. When first... Thessalonians chapter 4 verse uh, uh, chapter 4 verse 13 to 18 when it's referred to the coming of our Lord Jesus that picture that group picture that we ought not to miss you know when Jesus comes back the day of the Lord there will be judgment to those who do not know Jesus and there will be deliverance and reward for those that are of the Lord those that work for him so think about this friends we must not underestimate the importance of this event we cannot be indifferent to this event we cannot be complacent about this event it will certainly take place and it will certainly affect us eternally Brothers and sisters, if we fully know and are convinced that certain things, certain events will take place in our life, then we will adopt certain posture, certain attitude. We will take note of it seriously. And if we know fully well that maybe the church camp picture will be taken at certain time, we want to then make sure that we are dressed up, make up, you know, uh, be our best, be present at that, at that place so that we will not miss that group capture. But my point is also this, even if you miss the church camp picture, 2023, you are not there. Maybe you overslept or you are distracted like I, I was. 
you know, I emphasize again, we cannot miss the group capture that is, that is being spelled out in First Thessalonians chapter 4. We must not miss that group capture in that mid-air with the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, I hope to see you there. Serious, I hope to see you there. I hope to be there. So in concluding this point, awareness of certainty, I want to just uh, share some application and reflection. It's very basic. But it's something that we ought to take note. Maybe for some of us, we are still unfamiliar with uh, uh, the day of the Lord. Uh, we have that slide. We can go back and read and do more study. But the point is this. Be informed and anchored in the truth. It will definitely take place. We must not be swayed. We must not be distracted and confused. It will definitely take place. So do a study for yourself. Maybe do a study in your cell group. Do a study in your discipleship group. Do a study of what the day of the Lord is and what's the implication to us, to our loved ones, to those that have yet to know Jesus. What's the implication? Be informed and be anchored in the truth of God's Word. Then, of course, this is the hardest one. And that's actually my challenge. I was uh, sharing the prayer request with my cell group and some of this. My challenge is this. I can preach, I can, I can teach, I can uh, uncover this scripture for you. But at the end of the day, we need to be convinced in our heart, not just our mind. Maybe some of us, we have all this information in our mind already. What's the day of the Lord is the implication? What will happen? Maybe some of us, we are expert and know the event uh, that, that will happen uh, uh, from one step one, step two, step three, you know, in sequence. But the point is this, we may know in our head, but if our hearts are not convinced, then we will not change our attitude. We, not, we will not change our posturing. So I pray and I ask of you as a group, as a community, pray for one another, not just for ourselves, that we will be convinced in our heart. Pray and ask God, and only God can do that, that we will be convinced in our heart that the day of the Lord has deep implication on me, on my community, and I will adjust my mindset. I will adopt certain attitude so as to prepare for the group capture. I want to go on to point number two. If we are convinced, if we are informed, then there will be certain attitudes that we will adopt. Are you ready for this group capture? And this group capture, this event will happen unexpectedly. So are we ready? Verse 2 says this, For you yourself are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then suddenly destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant lady. 
and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers and sisters, for that day to surprise you like a thief. Here, Paul reminded them that they know fully well that the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly, like a day, uh, uh, the thief in the night. That's how the event will take place, unexpectedly. However, he also encouraged them that this day will not catch them by surprise or overtake them, as some of our versions say. It will not overtake them like a thief, in verse 4. And the reason is because they are not in darkness. They are aware. They are not ignorant about it, that it will come like a, like a thief in the, in the night. And in fact, knowing that it will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night, they would adopt and they must adopt certain attitude and posturing so that the day of the Lord do uh, the day of the Lord does not catch does not surprise them. They will not be caught by surprise. They should be alert, they should be ready, they should not be sleeping in quote unquote sleeping so that when the event comes unexpectedly, so when the button was placed, hey, it's time for group shot. Uh, they will be ready and they will react uh, positively. Friends, brothers and sisters, the day of the Lord should be expected by the church to come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. However, the truth is also this, the exact specific timing is unknown. So for the believers who are fully aware of the day of the Lord will bring, uh, that it will bring like judgment, the certainty that it will come, it will bring deliverance for the believer. And for the believers, us, who knows how the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly, we will position ourselves differently from the world. Think about it. Likewise, for those who are not of God, those of the world, those living in darkness, they will also position themselves differently from the believers. Note this pronoun that is uh, being uh, highlighted here, whereby Paul said this in verse 3, they, them, you, yourself. That's actually a distinction if, if you notice that. Paul draw a dis distinction here between the believers and the non-believers in relation to the day of the Lord. Here, Paul did not apply the implication of the image of the thief to the believer. Why is it so? Because their attitude is different. Their positioning is different. They know that it will fully come uh, like the thief in the night. They know that it will come unexpectedly, but be and because of this, they position themselves in a state of readiness and alertness. So there's a distinction here. But those that are not of the Lord, those in the world living in darkness, probably they are 
happily uh, partying in the world, eating, drinking, engaging themselves in godless activity that the world has already conditioned them to do, living their own lives, thinking that everything is going to be all right, there's going to be peace, there's going to be security. They proclaim it, oh, there's peace, there's security. But then suddenly, when the day of the Lord comes, unexpectedly, judgment comes to them, then suddenly destruction comes. You know, when Paul used this uh, phrase, peace and security, maybe there's also this political implication here, this political undertone during the Romans' time, whereby, remember, Romans have this uh, peace and security, the, the Pax Romana, whereby it's guaranteed to them if you come under the Roman reign, the under, under the Roman uh, lordship, you will be guaranteed uh, peace and security. So here, Paul may be saying this, that it may be that those that subject themselves under the Roman rule, whether voluntarily or involuntarily, okay, they may be guaranteed peace and security. But it's actually not real peace and security. The real peace and security, they can only be uh, protected and be spared of sudden destruction only comes from trusting the Lord, trusting God, be on God's side instead of under the Romans' uh, lordship in that sense. So when Paul uses this, oh, there's peace and security, then suddenly they will say, then destruction will come upon them. Maybe there's this, this uh, political undertone that's happening and Paul is saying that trust in God instead. Those that are in God and with God, when these things happen, we will be spared. And Paul continued to say, just like labor pain will come upon the pregnant woman, there will be no escape. And, and we know, right, there's no escape for the pregnant woman that can be spared of labor pain. Maybe they can take some drug, you know, and, and then uh, not so painful. Uh, I don't know, I'm not a woman. Uh, but the point is, is there's no escape. I mean, logically, at those times, no, maybe don't have that, that drug, you know. But there's no escape for the pregnant lady to escape the labor pain. So it is this that no one, no one escaped the day of the Lord. No one escaped the day of the Lord. I want to encourage all of us again. Yes, the timing may be unknown, but we will not be caught by surprise because we know that the day of the Lord will happen unexpectedly. So get ready. So some thoughts is this. With that, I want to uh, encourage all of us to adopt certain attitude knowing that the day of the Lord will surely come. Knowing the day of the Lord will come like a thief, you know. It will surely come. It will also come like a thief unexpectedly. So we need to adopt certain attitude, certain position towards the waiting for the day that the Lord Jesus will return. We, the church, should expect that day that there will be a group capture for all of us, although the timing is 
unknown. That specific timing is unknown. So first, adopt the attitude of alertness. And this is in line, brothers and sisters, in line with the teaching of the New Testament. The image of the thief occurs in description in the Gospel uh, when it refers to the coming of the Lord. For example, just take note of this, it's not on the screen. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36 to 43. Matthew 24, 36 to 43. Luke chapter 12, verse 35 to 40. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10. Revelation chapter 3, verse 3. And Revelation chapter 16, verse 18. Whenever the day of the Lord uh, is mentioned here in this scripture, there's this image of the thief. And when you look at this passage, there will always be a call of alertness and readiness in this passage that uh, in the afternoon as you go through. Although the timing in uh, specific timing is unknown, but the scripture here uh, that I read out to you always have this call that you be ready, you be alert, because the, the day will come like a thief in the night. Revelation, let me just read Revelation chapter 16, verse uh, Revelation chapter 16, verse 15 to all of us, and it's written, Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes so that he will not walk about naked and men will not see his shame. That's always this call of readiness. While I was preparing for this message, I remember this attitude of uh, alertness during my NS days, you know. Um, tell you a short uh, story or a, a snippet that after my basic military training and going into my basic commando training, there was traditionally uh, an initiation. Okay, this initiation is called the turnout. You know, that's going to be a turnout to, to sort of transit us into basic commando training. So some of us don't know what is a turnout, right? And forgive us, sometimes we NS people, right, use all these terms that the sisters actually don't know what you guys are talking about. What is a turnout? A turnout is supposed to be a, sim, a, a simulation of a situation that, that when you are like suddenly activated, uh, for example, going for war, you are suddenly activated, uh, you, need to, you need to get yourself ready and just go into your battle gear and, and fight the war in a sense. So a turnout is a simulation of an event that will happen. And usually the turnout will happen right in a time whereby you least expect it. Example, for when you are sleeping. So coming back to my transition or initiation into the basic commando training, what happens is this. The first day of the uh, commando training, when we book, uh, when, when we book in uh, earlier that night, we will know that there's going to be a turnout. We know that definitely it will happen today or another day. Definitely will turn out. Whereby the sergeant will take his rifle and come into the bunk, right? And say, bah, 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 turn out, turn out, turn out. Then we are supposed to change and fall into the parish square with all the better gear. 
So we know there's going to be a turnout, but we don't know when. Is it 12? Is it 1? Is it 2? Is it 3? We don't know. So what happens here? Knowing there's going to be a turnout, and we don't know when exactly it's going to take place. What did some of us do? Actually, when we, some of us didn't sleep, actually. It's like, well, I don't know when. Some of us, when the slightest sound, right, of the, some movement, right, say, hey, get ready, get ready. The sergeant want to come in already. Some of us actually sleep in our uniform. So that when the rifle is uh, being shot or the button is pressed, we are all ready to go to the parade square. Because any delay means that we have failed and we will be punished. So, this is an attitude of alertness. As I prepare this message, I want to encourage all of us. We know definitely Jesus will come back. We know the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly, but we don't know exactly when. But we need to be alert. We need to be aware. We must not be caught by surprise. And we must be in our appropriate clothing when we have that group captured, the attitude of alertness. We need to pray that God convict our hearts and say, Lord, give me this attitude and the attitude of commitment. Let me go quickly to this point as I conclude. We must also adopt this attitude of commitment towards the day of the Lord. This attitude is important because if we are committed to being in a group shot or a group capture, then we will be motivated to, be, uh, to stay informed, to be updated, to be aware of what's happening, what are changing, what's, uh, what are some of the updates. Because the group capture then becomes our priority. Uh, and because it's our priority, we will be proactive to make plans so that we can be at that group capture. This attitude of commitment will require also for us, brothers and sisters, hear this. This attitude of commitment will require us to make sacrifice, put in effort to make sure that we achieve that goal to be in that group capture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Similarly, friends, I want to really uh, challenge all of us if we want to have that uh, good mid-air experience, I call it, with the Lord when He comes back. We need to adopt that same committed attitude. And this committed attitude that we adopt will require us to be disciplined in the way that we live our lives. Constantly keeping that communion with God. We, we need to think about this. We need to be disciplined in this way. We need to, this attitude may also require us and definitely will require us to cut off some of the things that distract us from being in that group capture. This attitude will require us to make adjustment uh, to our lives so that we will not be disqualified. This attitude should motivate us to support one another as a community, to have like-minded people in the community, 
to gather together, encourage one another, comfort one another, and say, let's be in the group, capture together. And I pray that God will see our commitment to be part of this group capture in First Thessalonians chapter 4, and He will give us that grace to stick to this commitment. In conclusion, brothers and sisters, I want to remind all of us of this group capture that will take place. Uh, the, the worship team, you can uh, come forward. Conclusion is this. I want to remind all of us of this picture in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18. Definitely it will take place. But I'm not sure about our attitude towards Christ's return. Maybe some of us, that's what I said earlier, we are indifferent towards His return. Maybe some of us do not see the gravity of the issue that is at hand. Maybe some of us do not realize that once Jesus returns a second time, whatever decision, whatever choice that we have made beforehand will actually reap for eternity. No more other choice because when He returns, that's it. It sets for eternity. So are we and will we be ready for that group capture? That picture should motivate us, encourage us to prepare well, to be aware, to be concerned, to be convinced, to be alert, to be committed, so that we will not miss that group capture. Because once the Lord returns, there's no more opportunity for extra or additional preparation, no more. So will we be ready? Will we also think about this? Who do we want to be in this group capture, this group picture? And this picture should motivate us in engaging our theme of outreach, in asking the Lord that every member should be a witness for Him. Because once that group capture takes place, occurs, once the Lord comes back, there's no more opportunity for anyone to respond anymore. There's no more second chance for any non-believers, which may include our loved ones, our families, our friends, those that the Lord has bring along our path. No more chance to say yes to Jesus. So may this motivate us and say, who do I want to be in this group capture? I want my loved ones to be there. So allow me to pray for all of us as I conclude this time and ask the Lord to give us grace as we ponder about this group capture. Be ready for it. Let, let us pray. Lord, I want to ask of your grace to come upon us. Even with the words, the message that is being brought forth to all of us, it may not be new to all of us, but we want to acknowledge or even confess that all this information may be just in our head 
not affecting our heart, not affecting our mindset, not causing us to adopt certain attitude that we ought to have. And Lord, we confess our sin. Our com- we confess our thought. And I just pray this morning as we conclude with this message, with this picture, that we all want to be in this group capture. Lord, will you give us that grace to know the implication and align our lives for this picture that is being said. And I also want to pray that you give us grace and give the, those that we are ministering to the mercy that they also be included in this group capture as you help us, as you motivate us, as, we encu- as you encourage and challenge us to reach out to them, to engage in outreach so that, Lord, at that day, when we are all caught up in mid-air meeting you, it will be a glorious, happy, joyous day, seeing that every one of us, we are here. So Lord, will you help us? Will you lead us? Will you grace us, Lord, to do your work, Lord? And allow us to be ready for that group capture. All this I pray in Jesus' name and all God's people say,